Can you make a sheep noise? Sheep make different sounds. Sheep make different sounds, yeah. There's Charlie. Making noise. You're listening to Happy Vermont, a podcast about people and places in the Green Mountain State. I'm your host, Erica Housekeeper. Those sheep you just heard are at the home of Kendra Napick of Stowe. Kendra and her husband, Rob, are the owners of Ellison Estate Vineyard. Kendra is a veterinary oncologist, and Rob is a professor and chair of the physics department at Norwich University. The vineyard is located in Grand Isle in the Champlain Islands, and their winery, where they produce natural wine, is at their home in Stowe. The couple, along with their three kids and two dogs, make their way back and forth from Stowe to the Champlain Islands throughout the year, and they spend their summers up in Grand Isle working at the vineyard in the summer. This spring, the sheep will be moved to the vineyard, where they'll play a crucial role in the management of the property, which is located near Pearl Bay on the eastern shore of Grand Isle. The Champlain Islands are located in northwestern Vermont, and they include Grand Isle, Isle Lamotte, North Hero, South Hero, and Alberg, which is a peninsula that extends from Canada into Lake Champlain. Kendra spent part of her childhood in the Champlain Islands, where her grandfather operated a dairy farm in Alberg, and he later turned it into a golf course. For Kendra, running a vineyard in the islands is a lot like coming home. The Champlain Islands is a good place for a vineyard. Being right on Lake Champlain, the climate in the islands is temperate, and it doesn't get those hard fall or spring frosts that other parts of the state tend to get. And the wine from Ellison Estate Vineyard is already growing in popularity. Local wine and specialty food shops in Stowe, Burlington, and beyond carry Ellison Estate. The vineyard also created a wine club called Flock, which gives customers access to limited releases of small batch wines and invitations to tastings and events. Vermont might be really well known for its local craft beer scene, but make no mistake, wineries like Ellison Estate Vineyard are making their mark. What we hear as feedback more often than not is just, wow, like, I can't believe this is from Vermont. And like, you know, you're changing the way that I, you know, think about Vermont wine. And (laughs) so I moved back to Vermont in 2011, actually, for a job as the first veterinary oncologist in Vermont. I love being a veterinary oncologist. When we started to have children, I quickly realized that the hours that I worked and were required of me, I would never be able to be around for my kids as much as I wanted to. So the first kind of adjustment that I made is I eventually, I went part-time after my second child was born. And then things kind of settled into, you know, having a little more time, having a little more balance. I really started to think about like where I wanted to be in 10 years and realized I wanted flexibility and I wanted to build something. And it became apparent to me that I wanted to start my own business. And I didn't see myself necessarily starting my own veterinary oncology business. And so my husband and I just started toying around with ideas. And for a while, we got really into making ice cream. (laughs) My husband even took a little short course at Penn State. We were just exploring different options. And I had 
been intrigued since we moved back to Vermont about the vineyards that I was seeing around the state. My husband and I, both of us have long been kind of students of wine. I took a a course in college and was always very intrigued with wine. And in grad school, my husband and I, you know, we were like the geeky kids that would like steam off the wine labels and put them in like a college ruled notebook and both write tasting notes. And I actually went to college in upstate New York and I knew a little bit about vines growing in cold climates. And so again, that was why it intrigued me. And I had seen over the years that occasionally UVM offered a viticulture course and that summer they offered one and I was again, part-time and I I was like, maybe I can take a couple days off work and take this class and learn a little bit more, you know, exploring this idea of starting a new business. I mean, we really, when I started, signed up for the course, I did not think that we were going to buy a a vineyard. (laughs) I figured we would like plant five grapevines in our backyard and, you know, maybe make a little wine in our basement and didn't expect what eventually ensued to happen. Yeah, I, I loved the course and very quickly was like, I think I want to have a vineyard. (laughs) And it was the first day of class. And the professor who is now a friend of mine, Terry Bradshaw, he said, so if you were going to plant a vineyard, where would you plant it? And I was like, oh, I, you know, definitely up in the Lake Champlain Islands. It's more temperate. I really want my fruit to ripen in this cooler climate. And, you know, my family has roots farming in that area as well. And he was like, huh. He's like, I actually know this guy who has a a vineyard he wants to sell in Grand Isle. Are you interested? And I was like, sure, why not? So that was kind of the path. But I mean, really, we looked at the property, fell in love, and it all fell together eventually. But yeah. (laughs) Was there any particular aha moment for you that you wanted to dive into wine? There's a couple. It was actually before Rob was actually taking the ice cream course at Penn State. And I was actually at a winery outside of Annapolis, Maryland for a friend's 40th birthday. My very, very dear friends from vet school. And I love the vines. And actually, this vineyard does a lot of farms very similar to how we farm. And the man who ran it, he's actually a physician that was retired. I found them fascinating. And I I just, you know, it was a it was a fun 40th birthday and i remember you know <laughs> probably having a glass or too many and just being like i want to have a vineyard i want to own a vineyard for my 40th birthday so that was kind of that aha moment and that's when i went home and signed up for the viticulture course from there but we started down this path with that viticulture course but i was i was actually pregnant at the time that i i took that course with our third child And I ended up in the hospital about halfway through my pregnancy with really, really serious complications. And we thought we were potentially not going to have, like, we didn't think our third child was necessarily going to make it. And basically went through like a big kind of existential (laughs) crisis and we're faced with some really big questions. And I think, you know, going through that was definitely... I mean, it wasn't the reason that we did this because we had already started down the path, but it it definitely makes you kind of reassess, you know, where you want to take your life. And I think what was missing for me working for someone as a veterinary oncologist was, you know, I really wanted to build something and I wanted to build something for my family. My parents always, they, they had their own business and they had a lot of flexibility and, you know, were able to leave things behind for us. And And I just wanted to be able to provide that, something more than just putting money away in a 401k. That's kind of got us down that path. And 
I really just wanted to have my work be part of our lifestyle. Um, that was important to me. I eventually realized it's it's life changing. And when you have kids too, it's like it it really makes you reassess and and want to have that flexibility and time with them. So right. No, I mean that was definitely the big. Wait a minute. Do I want to be doing this in twenty years? Am I am I going to miss my kids' childhood? And you know, there just really wasn't the flexibility that I I needed. It's a pretty magical spot. It was planted by Bob and Linda Livingstone. There were a few different vineyards that, you know, really got established in the late 90s, early 2000s. Shelburne Vineyard, Boyden, um, and Snow Farm Vineyard are some of the, and Lincoln Peak are the kind of the, the bigger vineyards that got established. And so Bob initially planted vines, I think in 2001. And unfortunately, before those vines were mature, he was affected by a catastrophic hailstorm and I think lost all those initial plantings. So our oldest vines now are 2005, which isn't the oldest in the state, but it's one of the older and largest single plantings. So we have 10.3 acres of undervine. And then the property itself is 49 acres. So we kind of saw an opportunity when we started down this path with it being an existing vineyard as opposed to making this crazy investment to plant, it was abandoned. You know, it hadn't been pruned for a year, had seen reduced management. And so it was a, a big task. I remember, so I was actually in the hospital still when we started the process of buying the property. And my husband, again, we both drank wine together, but had never, didn't really know anything about viticulture when the professor of the course, who was basically the UVM extension agent at the time to meet an appraiser, you know, how do you appraise a abandoned Vermont vineyard in an <laughs> industry that's not super well established, but when they went and looked at the vines, this was in August. And again, there had been no management that year. I mean, the whole vineyard was like covered in powdery and downy mildew. It's amazing how it's kind of come back to health. And it's it's been a, a really amazing journey to get there. And we've also converted it into organic and biodynamic practices as well. Um, it's really kind of amazing to see the, the vineyard come alive. So we have uh, about 7,600 vines on the 10.3 acres. We have six different varieties of grapes. So we have three red varieties and three white. So the reds are Marquette, Frontenac Noir, and St. Croix. And then the whites are Louise Swenson, La Crescent, and a grape that nobody's heard of called Prairie Star, which is actually a really cool grape. So they're all cold, hardy varieties. So many people have not heard of these particular varieties, but they're actually crosses between varieties that people are more familiar with, which are all in Vitis vinifera. So Vitis vinifera are like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc, all of those grape varieties actually originated in the Mediterranean, so in a much more temperate area. So you can plant those varieties here, but they don't thrive because of our cold weather. And so the varieties that we grow here grow much more sustainably, and they're crosses between actual native American grapevines. So if you drive down I-89 and look around, you'll see grapevines growing everywhere in the wild. So grapevines actually can flourish in Vermont. And these Native American varieties are then crossed with Vitis vinifera to kind of achieve excellent wine quality, hopefully. Actually, crossing grapevines like that is, is actually goes back 
a long, long way. And I think historically they call them hybrid grapes, haven't always necessarily had the best reputation, but I, I think they're getting a little more attention recently and they really can produce excellent wine. I think historically in the past, I think maybe what some earlier winemakers were trying to do is make them into something that they're not. So trying to make a Marquette into an oaky Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa just like falls flat. It's not a similar grape, but I think the way that we're trying to make wine is really embrace the qualities of these particular varieties themselves and show off their high acid as opposed to like trying to cover it up with sugar. So far, I think we're making some pretty good wine and there's, there's a, you know, other producers in the state doing a, a great job too, taking that different approach to making wine. What do you think people get wrong about Vermont wine? Like 15 years ago, it was it was pretty different. How has like the landscape changed? And maybe what do people not know about Vermont wine? A couple of things I just said, you know, I think that 15 years ago or so, I mean, these are new varieties, right? And we're a new wine region. So we're in general, America is in its like infancy in winemaking compared to Europe, right? Certainly California is fairly well established and Pacific Northwest and New York State. But there's no like right or wrong. We don't really know the best way to vinify these grapes yet. And we don't even necessarily know what the best varieties are to grow here. That that kind of like fascinates me and was part of the excitement about getting into this. But I think, you know, again, previously people were maybe trying to make something that already existed and that doesn't necessarily work. I'm trying to make it fit a mold or fit a taste that maybe they thought Americans like, again, using too much oak, overly sweetening the wine. And I think what's actually really cool and exciting going on in Vermont right now, it certainly fits the Vermont brand is, you know, a lot of us are, you know, farming organically, incorporating biodynamic principles and making wine more naturally, you know, technically making natural wine, which is a term that's not super well defined. So I try not to only use that terminology, uh, natural or low intervention wine. But I think that is producing some really excellent results and it's more true to our terroir. And I think our terroir is actually fairly unique. You know, we're sitting on some of the oldest limestone in the world and you have a very kind of rich and unique geological history as well. So yeah, no, I think it's it's a pretty exciting time to be involved in Vermont wine. Again, the industry is not very big, but I think we might see more. Certainly in the natural wine world, it's getting a little bit of a buzz, but that's a small section of the, you know, wine world in general, certainly. And tell me, you have sheep at your vineyard. So tell us why and how, how does that work? How does, what do sheep do at a vineyard? <laughs> right. What does sheep do at the vineyard? Well, my history with sheep goes back to when I was like a baby and I have like all these photos of me running around in diapers with sheep. So I've been like obsessed with getting sheep in my adult life for a long time. So I don't remember exactly how I learned that sheep um, can be incorporated into the vineyard, but around the time that we were buying the vineyard, I kind of caught whiff of that. And we've decided to incorporate them into the vineyard as part of our you know, regenerative farming plans. So we would prefer to have the sheep grazing in the vines and cutting the grass as opposed to (laughs) a lawnmower. And ultimately with a big enough herd, I think that could have positive economic 
productions. But more excitingly and importantly, I, I think over time, I think just the fertilization and kind of the natural disturbance of the earth, I think of a you know rotational grazing within the vineyard, I think will improve soil health. And that's where my main interest lies. You know, again, we we really believe in our farm as basically an organism. And, you know, we want to put as many natural inputs into it as possible. I just think it makes sense to have sheep kind of being part of our management team. And they're super cute. <laughs> oh, they are. They're like, they're definitely the marketing department right now as well. So no, we, we've really enjoyed it on so many levels. And I, I think it's, you know, I really believe in having you know, a polyculture on the farm and incorporating animals is an important part of biodynamic practice as well. I'm grateful with my experience, you know, being a veterinarian, it, it you know, helps me, I think, be able to manage the herd. I'm still learning a lot and relearning a lot, but it's been really fun. And honestly, I miss that part of my veterinary education and training, you know, working with large animals and just being outside. Um, I think that was something that was missing from my life. So it's been a great journey on so many levels. We had our first lamb this spring. I had to deliver him because his birth was not super smooth. So that was exciting. And uh, he's doing great now. So that's great. Do they have names? Well, it's funny you ask. So the, the plan was not to name the sheep. Um, the plan was to so we only got four of them last year as like an initial pilot project to see about the logistics of incorporating them into the vineyard. Um, there has been a little bit of research done with UVM and Shelburne Vineyard to kind of lay the ground for that. But I really wanted to like get my hands dirty and answer some of those questions myself last year. So we were able to purchase four lambs and our plan was to get them. We got them in mid-May and then to slaughter them in the fall. But I have three young children and, you know, by day two, they all had names and personalities. And we ultimately decided that we could not slaughter our children's first four lambs. And we actually have a small, we leave the vineyard in the winter and we go to where the winery is in Stowe, which is our home. And we have a little barn here. So I was like, I think we can handle overwintering four sheep. And we had three boys and one girl. So I was like, oh, we'll probably have a lamb and that will be a great experience for the kids. So basically now we have five and there are a little seed herd. We are planning on getting 10 more this May. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we, we will not be overwintering all 10 of those lambs in addition to our current five. So the initial management plan will stand for this year, I think. So we'll probably always keep a little herd that we'll take back and forth, or maybe eventually they'll just be at the vineyard just because we're really enjoying having them as part of our lives as well. I see photos of them on your Instagram account and I just adore, they're so sweet. They're really, really, really sweet. Tell me about, you mentioned earlier, you were talking about the Champlain Islands and your family. Tell me a little bit about your family history in the islands. Yeah, so uh, my grandparents started a farm in Alberg, Vermont, so six miles away from the Canadian border in the early 50s. My grandfather was actually a businessman. They hailed from around New York City, and actually he was working abroad in India um, before he moved to Vermont. 
And yeah, he worked for like Union Carbide, you know, again, was a businessman. And I think he was, I think he was in his early 40s at the time, just decided to take a total career shift when he came back to the States after living abroad. My mother was actually born abroad. And my understanding from the way my mother tells it is that he was very excited to start a progressive dairy farm and looked all over the East Coast for farmland and somehow settled on Alberg, Vermont, which is way out there. Very, very beautiful. But yeah, so he started a dairy farm. My mom grew up on that farm. And I think around when she went to college, I think the barn burned down and my grandfather actually transitioned it into a golf course. Um, So it became uh, the Alberg Country Club. It's now called the Alberg Golf Links. And it wasn't a farm anymore. I used to play in the old silo when I was a kid, um, which I think about now. I can't believe (laughs) I did that, but it was kind of treacherous. But uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time on that land and the property is actually very similar to the property that we purchased. It slopes down into the lake. And um, I was pretty much, I have step and half siblings, but I was pretty much raised an only child and, you know, just would run around the golf course and that property. And when my grandmother died in, oh, I can't remember exactly what year it is, but um, for a year after she died, my parents ran the golf course. And so we, we spent a lot of time then. So, yeah. So I don't know. My grandfather kind of went through the same, you know, <laughs> career shift at a similar age, which I find kind of interesting. I think my mother, who lives with us now, that finds somewhat amusing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. It's been a great journey. The islands, too, it feels like a different country almost. Like it, it's so different. You know, you, it only takes half hour to get there from Burlington, but it feels so different. What do you think makes that area special? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's what's very different about it than like Chittenden County and, you know, up here in Lamoille County. It's so open. You know, it's you've just got wide open spaces. I mean, it used to all be farmland, much of it. And just being on an island and being surrounded by the water, it's a very unique landscape. But I think the biggest difference that I find, I mean, there are woods, the woods are younger, but there's just wide open spaces you can see, you know, for days. And I, I love that. It's a superior place to grow grapes, I think, because it is more temperate because of the the lake effects, which I think is really cool. I'm curious to see in 15 years, you know, how many vineyards have cropped up over the islands. And I also grew up on the lake too, you know, when, even when I wasn't up, you know, my grandmother's place, we grew up on the lake in Colchester and the lake just kind of, when you grow up around it, it becomes kind of part of you, I think. So for me, you know, when we purchased this property, you know, it was like, felt kind of like coming home in a lot of ways because of that, my experience in the islands and just being on the lake. And so you bought the vineyard in 2018? Yep. February 2018, we closed. Has there been anything that's like the, I don't know, the biggest surprise for you or like, you know, maybe there's lots of surprises, but is there anything that stands out like this, how it's just changed your life? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, my life is completely different now, right? I'm farming, making wine and running a business. Raising sheep. (laughs) Raising sheep. I'm going to be selling lamb in the fall, apparently. I don't know. No, I mean, it's it's been kind of a nutty, crazy journey to go through all this with three young children. And I'm definitely overextended, to say the least, right now. But I also, there's this really beautiful thing that we're building. And I can see in our children that it's already 
you know, part of them and they have pride in what we're doing. They're not really old enough to help a lot yet, (laughs) but yeah, no, I mean, I think even though like the stress is high with everything that we're trying to juggle, I also feel like there is a calm about, you know, everything we're doing too. We're trying to do things the right ways and let things happen organically and, So far, everything seems to be going fairly well and being well-received. So I don't know, there's something very comfortable about it, but we didn't expect to be as far along in the sale of wine as we are. Like our predictions were that, you know, in three to five years, we would be not really selling a lot of our grapes because we initially started out by selling grapes. Um, So we transitioned into that a little faster than expected. But I mean, I think it just happened naturally because you know, the first year that we made wine was 2018. And we just, we thought the wine was really good. And we we're like, we can do this. And we processed one ton of grapes that first year. And that was just for our own, you know, learning and own consumption. And then in 2019, we processed about eight tons of grapes. It was a big jump <laughs> for us, for sure. But you know, we learned a lot that first year, we learn a lot every year, but we just are having fun doing it. And excited to get out of a little bit of debt, you know, move forward. And what do you love most about making wine? I love the process. It's very creative. So I think our backgrounds, both Rob and mine as scientists, lends itself to the process. But I actually really enjoy more of the the creative part of it. And I think that was what was kind of missing in my professional life before we delved into this. It was just this kind of creative outlet And so, I mean, I've always loved food and wine and just different flavors and aromas. And I love the process of taking a grape and fermenting it and seeing how that wine evolves and changes. And, you know, we're really trying, again, we're making very you know, natural wine, very low intervention wine. And, you know, we, we've chosen to start by making wine in, in all neutral vessels like glass or stainless steel to really learn about the the actual qualities and characteristics of the grapes and the wine that we're creating. Yeah, it's it's great. Everything from, you know, making sparkling wine is super fun, but also doing co-ferments and blending is is super exciting. It's really a cool process. And, you know, again, to farm the grapes and then have an end product with a, you know, a wine with a label that I created with a designer. And, you know, it's just this, it's really cool to see it come full circle. And I mean, we're just, we just released our wines last September, very softly because of COVID. I was hoping that we would be able to sell wine last summer from the vineyard. And it just like, you know, COVID hit. And then honestly, I think it was a blessing for us because we weren't quite ready. And I ultimately got all our wines, our first 2019 releases bottled just before harvest hit, which hit a little bit early. And I had like made no efforts to market or sell them. And then, you know, we would have people come to the vineyard to harvest and they're like, can we buy your wine? I remember the first time someone asked that and I was like, hmm, yes, you can. (laughs) And um, that's just how we started selling our wine and more people kept on finding out. So it's been a very soft rollout just because of COVID and, and everything. And it's so fun now, like to just have random strangers send me messages and tell me how much they love their wine. And you know, it's just starting for us. And it it really brings me a lot of joy to, I know it's just wine, but we're trying to really create a community around our wine and, and to share our property, the vineyard property and the winery property as well with, with people. We've always been entertainers. Like Rob and I used to always throw big dinner parties and we just love, you know, 
food and wine and bringing people together. And so I think that is part of what we're doing too. And we're trying to do that with our, our wine club family flock and, you know, anyone really coming to the vineyard, we love sharing our story and, and the special property and, and the wine. And tell us where people can find your wine. So you can buy directly from us. So you can actually go to the website and purchase wine. And right now we have curbside pickup on Tuesday nights in Stowe, but we're also basically here most of the time. So you can make an appointment to come pick it up whenever is convenient. We can arrange that. But we're also available at quite a few retail locations now. So Cork Wine Shop, which is a natural wine bar in Stowe, carries our wine. Uh, Daedalus Wine Shop carries our wine in Middlebury, Burlington, and also Stowe. Commodities, Natural Market, dear friends of ours in Stowe, and then also in Winooski. And then Edelweiss, which is a small deli on the mountain road. Uh, They have some of our wines. We're starting to get them out there a little bit more. But this summer, we're planning on having a tasting room from the vineyard that will probably be open Thursdays and Saturdays from 12 to 5. Um, So we're excited to invite people onto the property to taste and do glass pours and yeah, start to enjoy our wine on the site. To someone who doesn't know a lot about wine, how would you describe your wine? Yeah, I would say that our wines are very fresh and clean. And I would say they're made in more of an old world style as opposed to a new world style. They've got a lot of texture, you know, earthiness, but also vibrancy. So yeah, I think if you're a are kind of getting into wine. A lot of people are familiar with the term like old world versus new world. And I think we're definitely more along those lines. And we make a lot of sparkling wine. So petulant naturals or pet nats is the short trendy way to <laughs> say it, but that's the kind of ancestral method of making sparkling wine. And those are very fresh and zippy and fun to drink. We're about to release our 2020s. So I think our sparkling wines are, are some of my favorites, but I, I really do love our still wines as well. I think what's unique about us and is part of going to be part of our evolution, but, you know, being scientists, like, and really wanting to understand these varieties, we're doing a lot of really small batch cuvées just to learn. So we have a lot of different wines, a lot of different still and sparkling wines. And last year when we made wine, I tried to like refine down, but we've made so many wines that I've enjoyed so much that we still, I think, made like 23 different cuvées in 2020. Some of our smallest batch stuff we only have available to our wine club. But um, yeah, we just really enjoy it and love it. I'm sure we'll narrow down eventually, but it's just so much fun. For more information about the winery, visit ellisonestatevineyard.com. Thanks for listening to Happy Vermont. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. You can also visit my website at happyvermont.com, where you can read stories about places to visit and the wonderful people who make the state great. You can also find our Happy Vermont sweatshirts and t-shirts available online. If you have any questions, comments, or story ideas, please email me at hello at happyvermont.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care and talk to you soon.